0: Dental.com. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton uh, here to talk a little uh, blues hockey, but today I feel like there will be blues hockey and then there will be some other NHL things. You're already
1: giving me a dirty look and no. we just started. What else is there to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> There's hardly anything that's happened this there week. There really isn't. Yeah. We were struggling for material. It's, we really, really. It, were. I know Donnie wants to just get after me right now. No, 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 right. no, Jeff. Yeah, literally... Actually, you are. You are kind of wrong. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, man. Because okay, yeah.
2: earlier this week, he he literally came out of a room. Behind and threw me in a headlock and was like, "I
1: don't
0: understand you. <laughs> Explain yourself." I was like, "Felt like I had a little squirrel monkey on my head. I'm like, what is going on here?" I appreciate you calling me little. Right, that is right, incredibly yeah. kind. Yeah, but dude, I think the thing about all right, and, and we'll just start off well, with the Tom know. Wilson thing here. While while you set it up, so I just after everything happened, I you know I had an idea of what I thought Jamie's perception of the incident would be. All right, We talked about it. He stuck up for Tom Wilson, which he has done on the show before. Mm-hmm. And because of how much I trust in your hockey knowledge and acumen... Are you talking to him or me? Him. Yeah. <laughs> him. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I, it made me rethink the entire situation with Wilson. And then every hell breaks loose yesterday with the rangers mm-hmm. where they where they fire the president they fire jd uh-huh. like like they, they i just have so many questions about this and it's made me i don't know that i have any more of a clear picture in my head on whether or not i'd want tom wilson as a blue but i oh, feel yeah, as would. though there is indeed a perception of him that when a thing like this happens It's automatically to the worst possible, uh, you know, scenario, his intentions, all of those things. To me, there are too many people that are sticking up for this guy that matter to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That there's got to be something there. This isn't just a clear-cut, you know, dirty player sort of thing. But I feel as though... I'm confused. I'm confused about the perception of this guy for the NHL. The NHL is 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 touting player safety, player safety. And I'm not saying that he's solely irresponsible for that, but I, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's some mixed signals. Okay. I, you so know what I'm saying?
2: Let's start from the beginning. Okay. That right. way we can chronologically go through this. Okay. So we get it right. So Buchnevich for the Rangers had hit Ovechkin in a Kind of, sort of, dirty way. Ovechkin had to leave the game. This is the part that nobody's talking about right now. So then Buchnevich goes near the goalie, bumps the goalie, whatever, gets into the crease. And so Wilson gives him a little, just a little, side, shoulder, head. Guys, nothing that you would be like, oh, that's so vicious. Then everybody from the Rangers jumps on top of Wilson. I don't know how many bar fights you guys have been in. I don't know how many... I'm not going to go to the ice because I know you haven't been in those kinds of brawls where people are ripping at your face from behind and they're trying to punch you and whatever, right? So put yourself in a position where you're on the ice with somebody and all you can feel is hands pounding on you, ripping at you. Where do you think you go mentally? The adrenaline goes through the roof. You're in I'm going to protect myself at all cost mode. So Wilson jumps up and this is where the referees are responsible for this. The referees are trained to always find the most dangerous person on the ice and eliminate that situation first. That's just always the way it is. Excuse me. Like when Tony Twist would lose his mind, two refs would go to him, and let's take Twister down first because he's the most dangerous person on the ice. They didn't do that here. They left for another scrum that they deemed to be more important at the time, which nobody else on that ice was as dangerous as Tom Wilson. Now, it's like I said to Anthony Stalter the other day, are you really surprised that you pulled the lion's tail and then got bit? You shouldn't be. That's right. Okay, so did he go over the top a little bit? Yeah, probably. When he saw that the helmet was off, he probably should have backed it down a bit. But who are we to decide in that moment where his adrenaline's at, what he's feeling at the time? And Panarin was all over him. I laughed like a squirrel monkey. He was all over him like a squirrel monkey leading up to that. And then he didn't even drop his gloves. If he wanted to, okay, and I've seen it. I've played with some really tough guys. That would have been a moment like, oh, uh, it's on. Gloves off, no refs. I'm going to beat the living <laughs> snot out of Artemi Panarin. Sure. Because there ain't nobody coming to help him. He didn't do that. He threw him around a little bit like a rag doll. Yes. It looked bad. Yes. If I'm the Rangers, yes, I'm angry. Do something about it. Do something about it. That's where I leave it. And I know I've been on this hill, and a lot of hockey fans and hockey media people don't see see it the way I do. And they want to criticize me, and then the game has passed. I've taken too many pucks to the head, too many punches to the head. It's okay. Because when I look over to the former players... And executives and people that are within the sport that are all agreeing with what I'm saying, that's all I need for justification. And Tom Wilson, I've done my homework. T.J. Oshie is one of the best guys in the world. Talked to T.J. Oshie about him. Said, he is the glue of this team. He said, Alexander Ovechkin wears the C, but Tom Wilson may as well wear a C as well. That's how highly he's regarded in that locker room. And he always says most of the time when he's doing something, it's not with Tom Wilson that he's trying to take care of. It's doing something for the team or protecting one of his teammates. Or he feels like it needs to be done, whatever the case. So make of that what you will. We ended up with that situation that from there went crazy.
0: Dude, it went nuts. So then yesterday, the Rangers put out a statement Did did I mean absolutely blasts the head of the officiating?
2: Really weird statement, Mm -hmm. by the way.
0: Really, I don't know as a sports fan that I've ever seen one like that. It's almost almost like somebody had
2: too many cocktails, was really, really butthurt, and wrote this thing, and nobody cleared it. Like, it was like somebody had a direct path to push send. And I think that's kind of what would maybe tie into the firings later Is where was the
1: pecking order on this? Like, who clicked send on this? Okay, that's, I was gonna ask, you just asked to ask that question too. Who sent this out?
2: Well, obviously, it's it's one or the other, right? It's either Jeff Gordon, the GM, or JD, the president. One of them, really? One of them (laughs) ordered, to a, a few good men, a good movie a long time ago, one of them ordered the code red, you know, because the media guy's not sending that out. He's not drafting that up on his own and saying, Hey, I want to send this out because I'm very angry right now. No, he has, there's a chain of command that it has to follow. Now, how that chain of command is set up ultimately might be why there were some firings. Because ordinarily on something like that, a team statement, you'd have it go through the president, or let me back up, the owner, the president, the GM, and the head coach. Because they all have to agree that, okay, this is what's best for the team because if one guy just says, "Okay, send, look what
1: happened." like the Rangers, some people were behind it, some people ridiculed it see and I and I heard and I thought it was down the hall with you, with your radio station, not necessarily your show, maybe it was NHL network, but I heard that there was a rumor that they were let go because they were not on board with this statement and that it was As james J- yeah.
0: James Dolan was the the, the the owner was the one that pushed it out it's possible it's possible because guys. that dude's an absolute Yes, he, he's he's he is a, not a great owner. Correct.
2: He, he's yeah. He's not very uh, well received in any sport where he owns teams. Yes, thank you. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so look, I don't know. Okay, we're not in that room. No. We don't know what happened. All I know is that JD and Jeff Gordon took the heat for. Well, they're claiming because the rebuild took too long. He could have waited three games and fired right. them. Right. You know? Yeah. So on the heels of this, it's it looks like a a messy situation that he wanted to clean up quickly and blame
1: a couple of people, throw them under the bus for it. Do you think the general public fans that only see the man, this guy's an a-hole that has had however many suspensions and however many fines and stuff. Do you think those people would have been placated more if it was more of a fine? And I know you can't because of the CBA, but why is it so low? But what did he do? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm, no, but asking. I'm, asking.
2: So here's the thing, right? Okay. Because we, we look at other incidents and listen, Tom Wilson has been an ass hat
1: yes. at times. Yeah. He has the history. A hundred
2: percent. There's hits like the Oscar Sundquist hit, takes his head off. He deserved every game he got. And he has been punished severely, guys. He's been out 20 some games for incidents. that He's given back like over $5 million in fine money through games not played. He has been punished. But when I isolate this situation, what, what did he really do? He threw a guy to the ice, picked him up, and
1: threw him down again. Well, the guy had no helmet on. He grabbed him by the hair and threw him down. We think he grabbed it, him by the hair. It helmet. looks like it from the video. Aaron
2: never confirmed it, though. Well,
1: I, I, can, he, can he talk yet? No, I'm joking. Uh, but then the guy on the ice with the stick underneath his neck and pushing him down and pulling him up all that stuff it's just bad optics is all i'm saying okay, but i'm not you, saying we should no, vilify no, no, the guy no, no, none no, of this no, stuff no, jeff I'm you want to open i'm being it. devil's advocate that's okay. all i'm doing no
2: no let's get this going yes. Sidney crosby the very next night i saw it i know what you're saying yeah he's on top of travis Konechny. he drives Konechny's head into the ice picks it up and slams it down a few more times
1: so should if if you give tom wilson 10 games yes. Sidney Crosby gets no, 10. No, no, I'm not saying 10 games. I'm saying what my whole point in bringing this up is a lot of people are up to $5,000 fine. Well, that guy's got that in his belly button. Why is it only $5,000? Because could that be something that makes somebody go, oh, I shouldn't do this? Like a
0: deterrent is, what, you. is what you're Thank saying. Thank you for the a, a worthwhile word. A worthwhile deterrent. The
1: NHL yeah. evaluates
2: their fine and their suspension uh, system off of the initial play, not the end result. Sometimes it feels like, okay, they— Guy got a few extra games because a guy got hurt, this, that, the other. They looked at that play. You can't prove. It looks like he grabbed hair. Maybe he didn't. Because if you look at the other glove, if you slow it down, his other right glove is shoving up into Panarin's chin at the same time. So is it the shove to the face or is it the pull to the – I don't know. I'm not defending it. I told you guys, I think it was dumb, okay? Okay. But I don't view it as this massive, like throw him out of the game. Oh, and uh, I'm
1: I'm absolutely yeah. not but Jeff. Saying did you
2: that read some all. of the comments? Oh yeah. Dude, oh, are you kidding? Me? Ban not. him for life. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. But,
0: but you Guys, know what's come on. but you know what's crazy to me is that all of those voices, okay, seem to me to not be coming from players. Former players, executives, anything of the like. It you're seems not. to be idiots there like was, me. No, you're that not don't, I mean, but you
1: know not, what I'm saying? I not, have a question about a guy people. A guy that uh, I think it was somebody on your guy's radio station. Uh, they, they replayed the audio of a. Was his last name, Scott? John Scott. John Scott. Yes. Oh, who just God. vilified. Okay, that's why I'm Scott. asking. Who's this
0: Give
2: guy? Me a break. Okay. <laughs> John Scott thinks he was a tough guy at one point. Oh, my God. Now, he,
1: do you have to think that you're a tough guy to give your opinion on no, this No, but everybody goes the, to that
2: route, right? Well, that's the only and, guy okay. I've heard. That's the only reason I bring him up. That, let's just put him in his own category. He's looking for downloads to his crappy podcast that never really took off. So... Uh, let's just be honest there. Well, uh, okay. Well then, then, I look at guys like Kelly Chase who voiced in on it. I look at guys who were skill players, Ryan Whitney, who's uh, one of the hosts for Spit and Chicklets. He wasn't a tough guy, right? And he's like, why are they crying about it? Why didn't the goalie, when he saw Wilson throwing Panera, why didn't the goalie come in and just tackle Wilson? Why didn't somebody do something? Why didn't they let go of their dance partner and jump in, Jeff? That's what I'm. That if I'm a team, if I'm David Quinn, the head coach of the Rangers.
0: I'm more worried about why my guys didn't respond. Hmm. I wonder if that's why those dudes got fired. I, you know, with Davidson, I, I mean, I wonder if the, the teams maybe, I don't want to say, the the phrase lack of backbone is popping yeah, in my soft. head. Maybe there's a better way to say Donny, it. Donnie, they're soft. It's but, okay. But maybe that's it. And maybe they were just like, you know what? I, we're not going to win this way. Now's the time to do it. Okay, but then here's my final question on this, and then we can move on to something else. No, I like this. Okay, so last night in the, in the in the rematch six fights in the first six minutes. Like, oh, baby, it was on. Let's get it out! All right, which is great, and and okay, and I love that part of hockey, but doesn't it run the risk of those players taking care of it that way and there being more injury or another injury or, you know what I'm saying? How many guys were
2: injured last night in their fights? I know,
0: buddy, none, but I'm just saying, worst case, you're right. I guess guess you're right, and it was a really unbelievable way to start the game. And, and, And as soon as I saw on Twitter that that had happened, I was like, Oh, God, where do I find this?
1: From the standpoint of nobody Nobody walks out during a fight in hockey, Yeah, I didn't get to see it live last night. I, I, I taped it, but I didn't get a chance to even watch it. So when I got here this morning, I went to Google and I put in the thing. And, you know, the game highlights come up from the NHL. Didn't and, they show it? Oh, it was, it was this. It was drop of the puck and then the three – you know, forwards all dropped theirs and went like this, and then it faded to the oh, next highlight. Boo. I was like, "You son of a bitch, <laughs> dude!" But well, I anyway. got to figure out because well, yeah.
2: NHL is taking some heat. But right. look, guys, right. here, here's the deal: on that is the second period and the third period was there any was there any BS? No, probably not. No, it got taken care of. Yeah. So the players will always police the game if you let them, and, and, and you just but you have to be able to do it. And so, look, it, I. I the fighting and all that, people can say what they want, but I, if you go through Twitter and you go through everybody three days ago or two days ago that was, like, appalled by the violence, appalled by this, and Tom Wilson should be sent to an island and, you know, all this stuff, they're commenting last night, great job by the Rangers, way to stand up. Where's your wait, consistency? Wait, well, what right. are you doing here?
1: Would You're, your thought process be, and again, I'm just being a devil's advocate, I'm not pushing back at you as Jeff and Jamie at all. If he would have hurt Panarin, if he would have thrown him down by the hair or punched him, whichever, no helmet, and he'd have slammed his head, been out cold, yeah. something even worse, then it. would
2: you be upset? 100%. It changes it. It changes everything. That, that, in know, what when, way? Well, because if a player's seriously injured, and I know it's easy to say in hindsight now, you know, well, that's what we're trying to prevent. I get it. But ultimately, let's back it up again. If we're trying to prevent it, hey, Panarin, go get a different dance partner. There are five guys on the ice. You chose to jump on his back because you thought he was down and out. And then all of a sudden, the the big black bear got up and reared its head on you. And you were like, oh, crap. He's not chained up. And you couldn't get away. That's your fault. If you had injured so nobody wants that. Okay. I don't want to see anybody get seriously injured. And my point to Donnie about how many serious injuries, there were none. And you had guys that fought immediately. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had guys that went down quick and guys that didn't punch them when they were down and let up, and got up, and the referees couldn't break up every fight. The players broke up their own fight. Right. Zidane O'Chara skated right up, right up to Smith off that face-off. Once everybody was throwing down, and Smith was like, nah, I don't want this. <laughs> he, he basically was like, yeah, I don't want this smoke. <laughs> right. And Chara goes, okay. And like you can see him just points, like, stay over here then. Don't go near the fights. And, but that's respect. Yeah. Sure. If, if you really were trying to do it up, Chara would have just went over and ripped that guy's head off you know now if that guy would have skated right at chara and did something or jumped him from behind and then chara grabs the guy and body slams him from 25 feet up whose fault is it now
1: the guy that went after it's no different than the panarin wilson situation i guess my whole thing was somebody said along the line well nobody got hurt who cares Nobody got hurt. But in the same respect, that's saying, dude, I went out and got hammered last night. I drove home. Shouldn't have, but nobody got hurt.
2: Yeah. No, you're not wrong, Jeff. I will say that. Look at man, I'm not so pigheaded to be like, it's just this way and my way, and this is sure. the only answer. I'm not. I agree that somebody could have, Panarin could have gotten hurt seriously there. He didn't. Thank God. Uh, he's got a lower body injury from whatever that was. The Rangers say that he won't play the rest of the season. I think he probably gets back for a game. But that's neither here nor there. I don't want to see guys get hurt either. But that's why you have to have some toughness in your lineup. I can tell you this. Tom Wilson would have been a Bear Cub in the NHL in the mid-90s. He wouldn't have been this big killer. Mm -hmm. Every team. Think about this. You just go through the Blues lineup. You had Tony Twist, Kelly Chase, Rudy Poshek. Tom Wilson probably pairs up pretty good against Chaser, size-wise. But... Was he as crazy? Was he as tough? No. Then send him into the other teams. Look at the 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 the, uh, the Blackhawks had Probert, Reed, Simpson, Vandenbush, Dave Manson. Send him wherever you send him. He would have been a bear cub. He wouldn't have done anything. If if the New York Rangers had Ryan Reeves on the bench, Tom Wilson probably would not have slammed Panarin to the ice. Hmm. He probably would have thought twice about it. Went ooh,
0: it just. The whole thing is fascinating to me. And like I said, I thought it was very black or white from the beginning. And the more that no, I listen bring it, the more us. I was like, no. You're just oh.
1: you're, you contradicted yourself, though. How? Because you said, in the heat of the moment, I'm just going after it and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. Now you're saying if Ryan Reeves was on the ice in the heat of the moment, I go, ooh, I better stop because Ryan no, Reeves. No, he
2: probably would have thrown him down. And then instead of the pick him up and throw him down again, he you realize who it is. And you think to yourself, okay, there's probably a guy over there that's going to kick my face in.
1: Hmm. All right. I have a... Any more on Tom Wilson? No, 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 no. It is just still completely a fascinating story. It really, it absolutely 100% is. And even, uh, I've, I've had a question in my head since I think yesterday that you guys talked about on your show. I think Meat came up with a question that was really good, shocked the hell out of me. Wow. Good for uh, meat. Yeah, and I think it was one of Meat
2: listens to this, too. That's awesome. awesome. I'm sorry. I meant a a different meat. I meant meatloaf.
1: (laughs) Uh, The question about when did a defenseman have to all of a sudden become an offensive defenseman, too. Fascinating topic to me, and you had— because of the format of your show, you had to give a thirty-second answer. I'd yeah, like yeah. to get into it a little bit more. Like, when did that change? And basically, the question was, when did a defenseman have to all of a sudden have all this offensive skill too? Because if you go, if you listen to these podcasts, how much have we talked about Tory Krug? You know, can't clear the front of the eye or front of the net, but he's good offensively. You know, uh, done. You can skate around that guy like he's a pylon no, sometimes. Jeff, that's but he's good not offensively. Um, okay, so, not a pylon. He's all
0: fired up right
1: now. No, but you know what I'm saying. What happened? Where was the turn? And how come?
0: And was there a particular player that maybe marked that turn?
1: Okay, well, one,
2: there's several players who okay. marked that turn. Um, the turn happened out of the 0-4 lockout, where you came back and you couldn't touch anybody without drawing a penalty. So instead of playing that hard nose defense in your face, grab a guy and ride him into the boards and whatever, you had to play like poke-check hockey and then try to push the puck up the ice and score goals. I mean, that's what the NHL was trying to create. So the six-foot-six defenseman who could only go off the glass and out and clear the front of the net and maybe beat the snot out of you, he kind of rode off into the sunset, right? Yeah. And you started seeing the emergence of guys like uh, Nicholas Cronwall, Eric Carlson, of course, Nick Lidstrom was always a part of it. But that was your template right there. That was your template. Brent Burns went from being a forward. They played him defense. And look at what he's done as a defenseman. So you've... The question that was asked on the fast lane was, you know, in in an era where everybody's zigging and one team zags, as far as football was the question, what did the NHL zag at? And the zag was the defenseman became more of the offense. It became uh, an integral part of your offense. And if you look at our Blues teams for the last couple of years, specifically under Coach Berube, look at the activation of the D. I mean, how many times did you see – Alex Petrangelo up in the play, Colton Pareko, Robert Bortuzzo the other night. Like, Chief encourages the D to be involved as that second layer of offense coming up, and they're a massive part of continuing your puck pressure in the offensive zone off the cycle. You'll end up with D down behind the net with the puck, the forward now playing D. So, in my opinion, the biggest change in the NHL is since 2004, let alone all the rules and all that stuff, the game itself – is that each player has to be able to possess the skills to be a forward. You have to be able to skate forward. Now, the D, obviously, skate forward, skate backwards, good edge work, passing, skating, shooting, all that stuff. You have to be able to do it as a defenseman. Now, you can't just get by on um, you know, being like uh, stick on puck, body on body, chip it off the glass and out. That's not going to get you ice time.
0: This is kind of. I'm. I'm I'm sorry. This is not really an exact question. But, but did that type of player, the the offensive, offensive (laughs) uh, defenseman. Did that – was that like a, a European-style player? I mean, a lot of those names that you mentioned were, but was that something that maybe was a little bit uh, – maybe the KHL had that a little bit before we did or something along those lines, no?
2: No. Look, if you go back – I mean, let's go right back. Bobby Orr, if we want to go all the okay. way back. That, Bobby Orr was that guy. Right, sure. Ray Bork was that guy. Paul Coffey was that guy. Yeah, yeah. Al McInnes was that guy. You're like, right. You look at teams had that one or two guys that were offensive weapons – the change was that everybody became offensive weapons. So you still have your specialists. You still have your, your Torrey Krug's, your quarterback power play that are probably just a little extra special offensively. But you also have guys like Nico Mikola that are jumping up in the play and making things happen offensively. I brought up Robert Bortuzzo. He's down, got two shots on net, scored the goal. Why was he down in front of the net? Because that's the mentality. The D have to activate, have to play offense. And he's not... No disrespect to, to Bortz, but he's not an Eric Carlson-type player. Sure. You know, he's just a regular defenseman now. But that's what your regular defenseman looks like now in the NHL.
1: Man. Where'd you What did you think of uh, Nico Mikola last night? I actually liked the kid. I thought it was fanta- I, fantastic. I didn't see all of the game, but what I saw, I thought he was very physical. He has been really physical since coming into the lineup. I will
2: give the kid a ton of credit. He recognized what the team needs, right? And usually that's a maturation process. And it took me like six years of my career to figure out, okay, I'm best served if I scout my own team, evaluate what they have, what they don't have, I'm going to become. And that's how I stayed in the league. I it, chameleon, my brother called me a chameleon. He's like, you just, whatever you needed to do, you did it because all of a sudden, well, hey, well, he's that style of player. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't. <laughs> it was a big, it was a ruse. Okay.
1: <laughs> the but, imposter syndrome, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're like,
2: wait, take that mask off. But no, and, and I survived doing that. Well, right now, Nico Mikola has realized that Craig Ruby wants a big, tough defenseman, clear the front of the net, joins the attack when possible. And that's what he's doing. A little bit of bad luck last night where he goes to change his stick with the forward and they get a goal. His fault, not his fault. Circumstances, whatever. It is what it is. But you look at the front of the net, he's got guys and he's driving them out of the way. Last night he got hit, turns and throws the mitts down. His first fight ever, guys. Ever? Ever. Ever. Wow. And so, yeah, it wasn't pretty, but he'll learn from that. Like Kyle Clifford or Braden Shen, somebody will grab him, Bortuzzo, and teach him how to hold a guy out there at six seven, you should never lose a fight,
1: right yeah. so it uh, was a lot of spinning around
2: spinning while he was around, and, and you know he still got a little bit of the baby draft he 's not quite solid on his skates, and Zedeno Charo was like that too. He was like that until like twenty six twenty seven years old which
1: was thirty years ago for him, <laughs> pretty close <laughs> <laughs> pretty almost, almost twenty years ago for him
2: um and that 's how he was at first, you know he had this reach and he 'd swing and he'd kind of lose his balance and it would look really kind of ugly. And then all of a sudden he figured out his balance, he got a little stronger, and then he just started beating the tar out of people.
1: Okay, so I, have a, I know you got into a, new, uh, a number of fights in your career. Uh, if you envisioned the uh, Mikola fight last night to where the two guys are swinging at each other, but they're just pirouetting the whole yeah. time. Did you ever get into that situation? How the hell do you get out of that? Well, (laughs) because it looks horrible. I would throw up just being dizzy, first of all. Well, you're spinning because your momentum, both of you, it's
2: literally like centrifugal force. Like you're spinning. So the only way to get out of that, what I would have done is at one point thrown one and grabbed with the right and then came back with the left to like be the salmon swimming upstream to to stop the current Mm -hmm. and – but you gotta time that right if you don't time that right, you're making the switch and do, and homie's landing one square across your face, so you gotta you gotta kind of switch, maybe dodge one, maybe just throw your left arm up to just block the punch and then come back the other way where he can't hold your arm because he's throwing right now you're throwing left and then if you're not a lefty at least you throw the bomb, re grip and then you start throwing the right
0: again' science. When I when I fight my older son, like when we mess around, mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm very lucky that I don't get hurt. Yeah, do you I'm guys put about, on skates two, first. Yeah, or no? I was just gonna say, <laughs> and then you are talking about two men on skates on ice that are doing this, and it is amazing to me that nobody gets killed. Like it no, is, you
2: would be shocked at the at the different technique and the maneuvers and the things that go on and the the thinking that gets done in a 25 second fight and how you get an advantage, how you. What you notice, like you got guys like Cam Jansen, who was a a counter puncher. And so basically because he never had the height or the reach, so guys are rearing back to hit him. He's got to time it to where when he feels that punch coming, he's got to kind of elbow up, like kind of eat it with the top of his head and be ready to fire back because that's the only time that the opponent's gonna bring himself close enough that he can get Cam to hit. So
1: Cam's hitting on your follow through basically. He's a a counter puncher. Yeah. Anybody who knows
2: boxing you draw the opponent in, he throws a punch, you're punching. You may eat a couple to do it, but that's why Cam fought so long in his fights. He would wear people down so they got sloppy, and then he'd usually clean the floor with them after. Oh, yeah, dude, sure it was would.
0: dude! It was amazing. It would be like 15 seconds of dancing, and then all of a sudden, oh, they're tired, and here comes Cam. Yeah. And it was just bam, 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 bam. But
2: a strategy, right? And Twister, yeah. Twister was basically like you tried to run into a farmyard, <laughs> jump up onto the back of a bull with no restraints, and you tried to hold on for eight seconds. That's what fighting And that Twister bull was like.
1: head-to-toe sweat, too, by the way. And that bull,
2: yeah, was trying to rip your head off. Yeah. And Twister would grab guys, and he would pull them. He was so strong. He would pull them, so your body would be launching forward, and then he'd have the <laughs> cinder block for a hand back here, and it'd be like, pull, smash your face. Pull, smash your face. It, usually that created a bad... And he, and he would do
1: four of those in about a second and a half. Too. Oh yeah, I mean the and, just the hammer. Like and when you that. feel like,
2: when you feel it, like, because I, I fought Twister in practice one time, not for real, just was like, hey, let's do this. Don't cave the side of my head. And and so when I was like, okay, now I know, like there is really no hope here. <laughs> there is really no hope. Like he's so strong, and you're, you're pulling you forward off your feet. and You're trying to get your balance. When you get your balance, now he comes with a punch. And you're like, okay, that felt like I just got hit with a Buick in the forehead. Yeah. Now you're trying, you're, you're leaning back. Well, then he pulls you forward again onto your toe. It, guys, it is not I it's take not an, a good feeling. Yeah, oh, I want to
1: take gosh. a nap just listening to that. <laughs> what, what do you would take a nap listening? Yeah, because it would knock me on my butt. Oh, I got it. Yeah. The, the back God. of your
2: neck, okay, the jersey burn that happens in a normal fight from the tugging. The jersey burn, people would have like get stitches after fighting Twi- Twister. <laughs> he would pull that jersey like through four layers of skin <laughs> on the back of their neck. Dude.
0: Wow. And, and and we just, too, over the years, have just had so many good scrappers like that, man. And it was just amazing, too, when I was younger and I would be watching games with my dad and Chaser would fight. He, my dad would virtually almost every time bring up Bob Gassoff and uh, how Bob Gasoff seemingly had a second that. gear yeah. Yeah. where, where yeah. just when you thought the fight was over, a lot oh, like no, him. baby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and my dad even had mentioned that, and I just uh, it's just such a fascinating thing to me, and I believe that the nuances of it oh, all—it's crazy. Yeah, it's, I very it's much MMA on that.
2: skates, basically, like grappling and striking and defense, and like it's all it's craziness. And then you don't think about it, and then when you just do it naturally, and you learn. Trust me, like my first fight at fourteen or fifteen years old. Nothing like my last fight in the NHL. You learn, and you learn quickly because you're like, ah, that wasn't good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, i got to improve on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got a hell of a slap shot, but. Someone
0: right. should have told me he was a lefty. Well, now it's time for me to bring the room completely down by no, asking this question. No, we're not going down yet. We're not going we're not? down
2: yet. No, no, TJ Oshie. Oh, yeah. Co- I'm going to the Oshman himself. Um, one of the best St. Louis Blues guys ever in his tenure here Yeah, uh, in the trade to Washington. He's had so much success. He's got the wife, the kids, and Stanley Cup, and he's just been such an awesome dude. The guys in Washington love him. Um, his dad, he called him the coach, passed away. He'd been battling Alzheimer's. We remember mm-hmm. the Cup when he was celebrating. He's like, well, my dad, you know, he's not quite as good as he used to be and all that stuff. Last night, uh, well, his dad passed. I don't know if I said that already. And I texted him with TJ Oshie uh, two days ago. Just said, hey, man, I'm really sorry about coach, blah, 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 blah. And just back and forth a little bit, he goes out and scores a hat trick. This first game back, like, it's a great story for the NHL period. By the way, it's in the same game as all the fights.
1: Uh Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You want to talk about a fairy tale ending here? Uh, we had six fights in four minutes, and T.J. Oshie scored a hat trick the first game back after his dad passed away. That's the NHL in a nutshell, but T.J. Oshie, man, I, I, I was, honestly, guys, I was emotional last night. After he scored his last goal, and his teammates are hugging him, and you can tell they're, like, grabbing, like, one guy, I like, kissed him on the helmet, and yeah. then he sat there and put his head down. You could tell he was emotional. I don't yeah. know if he was crying. I guarantee he was. Oh, sure. And just, like, Wow.
0: That's what it's all about, guys. Can, mm-hmm. can I uh, can I just ask a, a couple questions about uh, the, about TJ's career? He's one of my favorite blues players. I, I absolutely love him. It's it's the only sweater that I have uh, is is a, is an Oshi, and he's just the guy that God he could seemingly go to the Hawks, and I'd still root for him. I don't want to get that far ahead, but but <laughs> seemingly I love that guy. What is it about TJ Oshi that has made him this special of a player for this long?
2: He loves the game of hockey, first
0: of all. Because he seems like a hockey head. He's like. a
2: hockey nut. He's a rink rat. He's yeah. a lot like a Ryan O'Reilly when it comes down to working on things and being at the rink and whatnot. But he's just an awesome dude. He's the guy that nobody wants to see fail because he cares about everybody, says hi to people. He's gregarious. He's fun in the locker room. He dances around. He, like Hockey is—the NHL is a huge playground for T.J. Oshie and people love it it's it's infectious watch any video with tj oshi involved like even to the pregame where they go out to the ice he's got different dances with all the different guys smiling and smiling, smiling all and, the time yeah, he's, got a, he's got a
1: he's got a routine with just about every guy in the but, tunnel right but that's where he yeah. creates it he yeah. does it
2: why because now he has a special connection with every guy but Tom Wilson, he cup checks him before every game. And you know, like, and you see them in the warm up, he's like, oh, like Tom I was like, son of a. But it's something that that's TJ Oshi, And I never played with TJ Oshi here. Um, I worked with the team while he was here and did various appearances and, and got to know him. But guys loved him. They absolutely still, the guys that played with him just loved him. And, uh you know, Barrett Jackman. Was pretty close to TJ Oshie when he was here and like a father figure, and he's like the kid's just awesome, just an awesome dude. So that was uh, for me that was an amazing moment with a couple of amazing moments last night. Uh, one being TJ Oshie and the other being our guy David Backus. Yeah, man. Wow. what did you Talking guys about think about emotional.
1: that? I thought it was really neat, and I'm going to just share the same thought as everybody else. I wish it was you know twenty twenty two thousand people there. Unfortunately, still really cool. And when I think this, the stadium gets refilled, he'll be there and they'll, they'll do round of applause again that sort of thing but i think it was who was it on on anaheim that bacchus was it Getzloff? he said that he was responsible the for captain. all this yeah yeah, yeah. It's I think possible. that was pretty cool yeah i
2: mean look at dallas Eakins, first of all you guys may or may not remember he played here sure. for the blues yeah. uh, we were teammates and i was saying yesterday on on my show i was like you know what if they don't play him if dallas Eakins doesn't figure this out like that's a problem mm-hmm. and of course they did they they dressed him started him and you know the rest is history the blues fans do what they do which was appreciate a guy who who literally probably left his career here in St. Louis yeah. cuz he was never the same after he had over 2000 hits while playing for the St. Louis Blues over 900 penalty minutes this guy this guy bled blue for your team and we talked about it yesterday on the show and I'm I'm going to be talking to people down at at the Blues, the ownership people, I think they need to start a a Blues Hall of Fame. Copycat the Cardinals. Yes. And guys, every year there's a vote, and guys get a blue jacket. Yes. A nice like like powder blue jacket, like the retro, kind of what the first jerseys looked like. And, you know, never mind the Ring of Honor and things like that. Guys get a blue jacket, and every year for the home opener... Those guys come on the ice, and you have the most recent inductees. I love it. Uh, Dude. Drop the puck the, for that night. And so then you have a blue jacket. You have the same thing. Yeah, you're copycatting the Cardinals, but guess what? Pretty, good,
1: pretty good company to copycat. in there
2: together, yeah. right? Like, oh, yeah. go back to when the Rams left. Stillman and DeWitt family, they were like, it's us now. Right. The Winter Classic. Where did they play it? Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, right. There is such this amazing uh, family relationship
0: between the Cardinals and the Blues,
2: why not piggyback
0: off Well, that? And, and also, too, and this brings up something that we talked about a long time ago, and that was I had mentioned the idea of retiring uh, Bacchus's 42, and as much as you love David Bacchus, I don't believe that you are 100% no, on board I, with that. No, there's no chance. And that, but see, this is a great other way for him yeah. and, and great Blues players alike to be honored that well, way. Well, it I'm doesn't all have to just that.
2: be the superstars, right? That's what's great about the Cardinals Hall of Fame is you have a bunch of different personalities, different levels, not necessarily like baseball Hall of Famers. Right. But they're Cardinal Hall of Famers. And so you get guys like maybe Kelly Chase is a Blue Jacket guy. He's 100%. Maybe Tony man. Twist is. Maybe, who knows, right? Players that are obscure players that you're like, okay, that guy there should be a Blues Hall of Famer because look at what he did for the Blues on and off the ice. Right. To me, the criteria is not just what they did on the ice. The criteria is what impact did they have on the community and the growth of your organization.
0: Or former <laughs> players that stayed in town and coached young players, and those players went on to carry on the NHL tradition for St. Louis
1: I can't think of anybody. And, 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 did, I can't think of anybody who did that. Boy,
0: but boy, that would be something yeah, for somebody's resume. that
1: would you know, know what I mean? Like, like maybe that. their playing
0: career wasn't filled with lots of accolades, but boy, the work that they've done in town after the fact has really made a huge difference. Well, I appreciate that. Is, I, I th- I think hey, think, man, we weren't talking about you. No, I know. Were, I
1: know. Rest, uh, restaurant <laughs> and bar owner Jim Campbell <laughs> is who we were talking about. Well, it certainly impacted people. But you
0: know what, though, man. I mean, as as a legit St. Louis and whether I know. Whether I personally knew you or not, Jamie, if I would have known the, the people responsible for that next level of keeping hockey here and keeping it a big deal, that means the world to me. Absolutely. I mean, You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, just as much as Osh doing what Osh does. I mean, it's all a part of the, of the hockey community. And that's why I love it here so god dang much. That, the, the
2: best part would be fans would vote on it, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. every year you have, you go through the eras. And maybe some you don't even vote yet. Maybe some are automatic where you're like, okay. We know these 10 players here are automatic, so let's get that out of the way first. First year, we, we have a huge induction of 10 players and get it out of the way. And after that, you put like five guys on the ballot and then people can, you have an other, right? People write in. So then if you get enough of the other with the same name, next year, he's on the ballot. B-A-S-S-E-N. First name Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Bassin.
1: I don't know. I just picked him because that's the one I knew how to spell. No, it.
2: I don't know. I just think it would be a great idea, when, great, especially fantastic. when we watch guys like David Backus, guys like T.J. Oshie, guys like Alex Petrangelo, and guys that go off and finish their careers elsewhere, but they were so instrumental in being a St. Louis Blue, whether it's from 67 to 2021, there's so many guys that have been a huge part of it. I want
0: my dude, Brendan Shanahan, wearing that baby blue jacket. He should, though. That's really what I want, cool. man. You know I love that That he is absolutely one of my favorite players, and I can still picture in my head my dad and I watching the night that Keith Kachuk cut him and then he came back and exacted scored two goals, and then just beat the bejesus out of Kachuk. What man. would it be great
2: is if they inducted both of those guys the same night. Love it. That Dude, would be so great! <laughs> right, right.
0: I am so excited right now. It's uncomfortable.
2: Well, don't I mean, stand up. I've, I've done this before with all my ideas. I better call the blues today. <laughs> yes, please. You if, need to write not, it down will. for
1: real. So. I'm gonna,
2: am I'm
0: gonna go. I have this
1: great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that needs to happen for Dude, sure. Dude, That is
0: just such. A, that is a legit, fantastic idea. And at this point, I don't feel like it's a copying sort of thing. Everybody's kind of doing their just, own. Thing.
2: Everybody does their own. The Ring of Honor. They're this. They're yeah. that. I just think with the Cardinals having led the charge and they do their thing. You don't copycat with the the Clydesdales and all that. No, you have a ceremony where the guys come out, and maybe you have a golf tournament every year, same time, and what you do is you raise money for local charities or local businesses right now that are still just crushed by the pandemic. Whatever needs attention, because you got to believe that the business, the biggest businesses in town and the most people with the most money are going to want to be a part of this Blues Hall of Fame golf tournament that benefits, you know, charities X, Y, and Z. And at the same time, it's part of that
0: celebration. Guys, it just seems like, and I, you know, I'm a homer. I, I get it. But, man, it just really seems like we are in a genuine hockey hub that is only conti- – I mean – that is only going to continue to grow. With the things at Lindenwood, with the amateur program, I mean, with all of these things, it just feels like maybe we're we're still kind of at the beginning of how big of a hockey city this is really going to be.
2: Well, with the new rinks and all that coming in, and like you said, yeah, I mean, the, the, everything goes in stages, right? And right now we're at the stage where we're about to have massive growth again here in St. Louis, and it's going to be awesome. I'm telling you, you guys have no idea how many kids are are leaving St. Louis in a positive way, playing junior hockey, college hockey, going on to bigger, better things. St. Louis is going to be represented on every single team in the NHL within the next 10 years gosh that's so exciting man well,
0: i want to get you a blue jacket now <laughs> <laughs> all right well it is the last I got
2: one at home i'll just start wearing it.
0: <laughs> it's the last minute blues podcast jeff burton jamie rivers donnie fandango listen you like the podcast share us with your friends let them know what we're doing uh the playoffs are on the way we will continue with these podcasts and having a great time while doing it as always let's go blues it's the last minute blues podcast
1: the last minute blues podcast
0: hear more at 1057 thepointcom
1: peloton let's go
2: this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself
1: with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial